It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do, and please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT on a victory Monday. The aftermath of the Raiders' win over the Houston Texans yesterday. Welcome to the flagship of the Silver and Black, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, brought to you by Golden Entertainment, 64 is the number, 64 taverns here in the Valley from PT, Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, best happy hour in town from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Go check out the Stratosphere Arizona Charlies for all your football needs, PTs, gets me going every day, thanks for their proud partnership. How's everybody feeling today? It's two and four. It's better than one and five. There were a lot of good things that happened yesterday at Allegiant Stadium. We're going to celebrate the victory because there hasn't been a lot of celebrating this season. And now the Raiders got a win that they were supposed to have. They covered a big spread. And the Raiders now have the momentum that they'd hope, we hope they'd have as they go to New Orleans before they go to Jacksonville. That's the positive here as we open up the show. And we, don't, we shouldn't have to look for positives there. If you went to the game and you were there, you probably had a great time. The fourth quarter was as good as it can get. I think finally we saw the Raiders play a fourth quarter and finish the game where both t- sides of the ball, the offense and the defense, came together maybe for the first time this year. They played other halves, independent halves that were solid. But I think this was the time we finally have it that this team was able to step up and put a game away and get it done when they needed it to get it done. So I thought that was fantastic, really important, and that was a day that they needed. The fourth quarter was the first time all season the offense and defense both performed. This is a moment to build on, carry this forward to New Orleans. And I think that's going to be critical going forward here. How does this team build the momentum? Because I think they're a team that needs momentum. I really do. I think this is a team that momentum, everybody, you know, Tom Brady in his prime or Patrick Mahomes recently, some of the other teams we've seen, they don't care about momentum. They win. If they lose one, they get right back on track again. They don't say, well, the momentum derailed us or that. A team like the Raiders that's trying to learn not to lose, they need momentum. They need people believing in each other, game balls in the locker room, coaches feeling like they're getting it done, and everybody feeling like they're contributing. And that's what I think happened in the fourth quarter of that game in Allegiant Stadium. I was shocked that the Raiders were trailing after three. Shocked. And that's a concern because there are, this is not all going to be bow tie wrapping today and all beautiful because I think they got some problems on the defensive side. They've been giving up so many chunk plays this year, so many plays that are uncontested in the passing game of the opponent. Just uncontested, no one near the ball, guys catching, as I always say, running like deer in the forest, nobody around them. And I'm concerned about that because either they don't have the right scheme or they don't have the right players or there's a combination of both. I think they got the right scheme. I just don't think they have the depth on defense or the players other than a handful that can execute what Patrick Graham wants to do. That's really what I think is going on. 
So they need a pick six. They need a scoop and score. And you want more glasses half full? Give Patrick Graham credit. We've been waiting a damn long time around here for some defensive touchdowns. Scoop and scores, pick sixes. If you're going to complain about that all the time when it happens, you've got to give credit to where credit's due. And the Raiders are making more plays than they have on defense, which I think is a big positive. We all know the story is Josh Jacobs now. That's the story in the NFL starting to take notice. Because the NFL plays fantasy football and people gamble. And they look at Josh Jacobs and they say, man, I'm not watching that game yesterday. The fans who watched that game yesterday were inside Allegiant Stadium. Raider fans on TV and Texan fans on TV. No one else saw that game. No one. No one even tuned in because those teams had the two worst records in the conference and they didn't watch it. There were a lot of games that were much more important. I mean, Kansas City and the Niners. Dak Prescott coming back. All the games out there. So a lot of people didn't watch the game. And they saw the box score and they said, man, Raiders are in trouble. Season on the brink. They're losing. They're losing in the third quarter. What are they going to do to win? And then they look up and the Raiders were explosive. And they put the dagger in Houston to win the game. Congratulations to Josh McDaniels who just spoke. We'll play a little portion of that coming up. And Josh Jacobs, as we said, is having an all-pro year. Not Pro Bowl, all-pro year. He could be the best running back in football. And for those who are trying to connect the dots in a contract year, who cares? If he gets the money, he's going to get a bag of money. If he doesn't get the money, he's playing for a future contract and he's going to get the money from someone else. I mean, he's playing his ass off, and that's a good thing. You know, the Raiders are 2-4. and four. Josh Jacobs is the all-star. He's the MVP with this team along with Max Crosby. Those are the two that are having knock-it-out-of-the-park seasons. Everybody else, either injured, not in a rhythm yet, trying to find their mojo and get it going, and that's fine. And the Raiders, most importantly, put themselves in a position to get to 4-4. Four and four. I'm not going to look too far ahead, but I'm going to look together because this trip is connected as the Raiders will go to New Orleans later in the week and not come back, and then they'll go to Florida, Sarasota, before they go to Jacksonville. So it's a two-week business trip. If they can win both of those games, they're 4-4 four and four on the year, and everybody's talking about the Raiders back in the playoff hunt. If they split, it could happen. You know, Both these teams are good. Both these teams are well-coached. We know the Raiders play down at times to their competition, so you never know what's going to happen here. But the Raiders can clearly see the light, not at the end of the tunnel, but someone with a flashlight in the middle of the tunnel saying, don't go that way, don't go that way, come this way to get out of the tunnel. And they got to do it by beating two teams that are struggling, losing frequently, and the Raiders are coming off a win. 702-365-9200. Give me whatever you want today. How excited you are. And give credit where credit's due. If you're going to spend two weeks bashing this head coach and going after certain players, all I ask for you to do is be consistent like I am. Come on back in and say, you know, I don't love this or that, but the Raiders won the game because we're the flagship of the team. And I think there should be some people doing that. Some people living up to all the grief that they give and I do it. I, the Yankees got me crushed. My wife says, what's wrong with you today? I'm cranky Yankee again. Yankees knocked out, swept in four? Swept in four? I'm crushed. But give credit to the Raiders if you're a Raider fan and you've been banging hard on this team for the last couple of weeks and how they were able to put this fourth quarter together. This fourth quarter reminded me of what I thought was the best Raiders football of last year when they beat Philadelphia, which is the only undefeated team this year, and they put 30 unanswered on them, 30 unanswered. And that was the best performance by the Raiders last year. 
the Philadelphia Eagles. The best performance by the Raiders this year is the fourth quarter at Allegiant Stadium yesterday as they put the Texans away. So I'm excited about that. It's perfect. A big win, a big cover of the spread, and full momentum going into New Orleans with New Orleans coming off a loss and quarterback problems there. So that's where I see it as we open up. Uh, Daryl Hobbs, former Raider receiver, played for the L.A. and Oakland Raiders, will join us. We also have Mark Anderson from the Review Journal. He's always good. And Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black. Rest of it's wide open for you on the phone, 702-365-9200. And, you know, looking at all the sound of the game here, I wanted to get to some of it and some of the big plays and what's been happening this year. Uh, Let's start off with Mac Collins and his ability to get this team rolling when they need a big play. Carr finds Hollins to tie the game up at 10. Mac Hollins and Adams bolt to his right. Snap to Carr. Pressure off the edge. Steps up in the pocket. Fires down the middle. Hollins at the three. Grabs it into the end zone. Touchdown Raiders. Mac Hollins was sandwiched between a pair of defenders and still came down with it for the touchdown. Well, Jason Horowitz, all these calls on Compass Media. So that's really important, that play. At that point, because there was 25 seconds left in the half. And if the Raiders didn't score there, it would have been 10-3 to 3 at the half. That would have been a bleeping disaster. A bleeping disaster if the Raiders had three points at home against the Houston Texans. So they got some momentum there, and that was really important. What else we're learning about Matt Collins is he can make a big play. He did on that touchdown in Tennessee that gave the Raiders a chance. And what I like about Matt Collins is cars becoming more comfortable with him with 50-50 balls, or throwing the ball in traffic as he's getting to know this player, and this player is rewarding Carr with some good plays. That was a 10-play, 82-yard drive, took up 432 right before halftime. Now, again, they used 432 on the clock. I don't know why. I don't know why, but, you know, tip your cap to Houston. They schemed him well there in the first half in the game. Houston came out with a field goal to make it 13-10, to and then that's where it got tight. It was tight where I was. I don't know about you, but after that field goal, everybody's sitting around going, Raiders have now got to flip the switch. And they were kind of able to get it going. Josh Jacobs was having a big game on the ground. Here's his first TD run. Snap on first and goal. Pitch to Jacobs, racing left. Breaks a tackle. Leans the ball forward. Touchdown, Raiders. Josh Jacobs wouldn't beat a night again. And he has his fourth rushing touchdown of the year. And the Raiders have a 16-13 lead. Yeah, that was nice. Extra point made it 17-13. to But then the Texans came back here, and I was a little bit worried about this because Davis Mills at this point in the game was outplaying Derek Carr, and we're talking about three minutes left to go in the third quarter here. This guy, Davis Mills, was no joke. He was moving around in the pocket. He was finding open lanes and connecting. This time, Dorsett, 25 yards. Mills, shotgun snap. Five-step drop, shuffles in the pocket, fires end zone. It's dropped, Dorsett, and he caught it. Oh, my goodness. He dropped it while he was falling to the turf and somehow grabbed it before it hit the ground. Touchdown, Texans. Yeah, Texans took a 2017 lead at the end of the third quarter. So the Raiders are playing too tight of a game against an inferior team or a team they're better than. And it's the same old story. You're walking around Allegiant Stadium in the concourse going, I don't believe this. This game's going to come down to the wire, and it shouldn't. And it didn't because the Raiders stepped on their throat. The fourth quarter was magical. It was fantastic. Josh Jacobs now scoring again here. This drive was a long one. Seven plays, 
81 yards, 415. Jacobs busted in again. The slot to the right. Instead, it's a handoff into the belly of Jacobs. Bounces off a defender at the two and in the end zone. Touchdown, Raiders. Jacobs does it again. His second rushing touchdown of the game. Uh, Jacobs was incredible with that touchdown. So Jacobs getting it going, and then it was evident to everyone that they had to be in a position. The Raiders had to be in a position where they were going to go out and try to score more touchdowns with Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was going to have to be the bell cow. He was up for it. He was running downhill. He was running aggressive. He was running fierce. He wanted the football. Here's his third. So now set up first and 10 on the Texans 15. Delayed hand up to Jacobs. Huge hole at the middle, 10. Cuts right side, 5. Touchdown, Jacobs. The hat trick in the end zone. His third rushing touchdown of the day. And the Raiders go up two scores. 30-20 to 20 with 7.06 to go in the ballgame. Yeah, it felt like the Raiders put that game away yet, but they still had to play defense, and they did the rest of the way. Three touchdowns by Josh. Mad Max knocked down a pass which was really important to knock it down if you can't get to the quarterback. And then Deron Harmon, who should start and not come off the field now. That's what I'm saying. Other than getting a breather, Harmon now is the defensive stalwart in the secondary. He is the veteran who can make big plays. And this was a big play here because Brevin Jordan, who played a Bishop Gorman, the big tight end from the U of Miami, this guy's a hell of a player. He looks like a an oversized wide receiver. They were going to him on this play and Harmon jumped the route. In the pocket, over the middle, intercepted Harmon at the 30, 40, racing far side, 50, 30, Harmon at the 20, 5, touchdown Raiders! Deron Harmon stepped in front of the pass down the middle of the field, and he takes it back 70 yards for a Raiders defensive touchdown. And not only did he make the play, but he was able to get to the end zone. That's exactly what we've been looking for for the Raiders to do, dating back to Oakland and the move to Vegas here. Just get a couple of guys to make some plays and get to the end zone. Help out the offense. Help out the team. Get off the field on third down. Get a couple of turnovers. And if you get a turnover, try to get into the end zone. And what a game for him. Harmon was fantastic overall. Final call as the Raiders come from behind and win in a blowout. Carr took that last day, and so the players slowly walking towards each other to give handshakes, and the clock at one and zero, and officially, it's the second Vegas victory of the season. 38-20, Las Vegas knocks off Houston. That's, that's it there, so they end up winning that game by 18 points, and they do it in impressive fashion, and I just thought it was a complete team effort in the second half of the game. Was it perfect? No. This team is not playing perfect yet. They don't have their final roster in check. A lot of guys are still hurt and not on the field and got to get out of the tub. We know that, but Derek Carr, 21-27, 241 a touchdown, and he didn't throw an interception in the game that was really important. Josh Jacobs, the star of the game, 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns, right there with Marcus Allen through 49 games. It took Marcus 50 for pretty much the same numbers there. Marcus, who I saw was in the building, sitting with the owner, Mark Davis, down in the locker room. That had a great feel to it of the legacy of the Raiders. Marcus Allen, this player, just fantastic to see all that happening. Devontae, Devontae was strong. He had a couple of receptions in this game that were important. He was targeted nine times. He had eight balls he caught, 95 yards, didn't score a touchdown. We played the Hollands touchdown for you. He had two receptions 
for 44 yards on three targets there. Foster Moreau had five targets. He had a 17-yard reception, three for 28. Very good to see how active he was in that game. So the Raiders, very impressive to come through and win this game in the fourth quarter, and that's really what we should be focusing on the rest of the broadcast today is that the Raiders outscored Houston 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter, and that momentum needs to be carried to practice the day off in their preparation for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Josh McDaniels, I thought, with his opening statement, really summing it up on what they did right, what the goal was, and how they put that win together. We talked a lot about um, a few things in the bye week, and um, you know, we saw some fruit uh, of our labor here show up today. We talked about our red zone. You know, and trying to improve offensively and defensively in the red zone. Thought we did some of that today. Um, you know, took care of the football against, I would say, historically, a team that gets it off of, you know, the offense and the runners better than almost everybody else. Lovey does a tremendous job uh, teaching that stuff. And I thought our guys ran with the mindset of we need to protect the football on every play. And, you know, every time you come out of a game with no turnovers, uh, you give yourself a great opportunity to win. So, and then scoring on defense, obviously, is, you know, um, you know when you do that, uh, that can really go a long way. So I'm uh, proud of our guys. I uh, thought, you know, Houston fought hard. Uh, you know, every game they've played, every game we've played, basically, has come down to what's happened in the fourth quarter. Uh, today was no different, you know, and I and, uh, thought our guys really hung in there. You know, they was kind of nip and tuck, and then they took the lead, then we came back, then they took the lead again. And, you know, sometimes you want it to be simpler than it is. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't think that – our group did that at all. I think they kept playing hard and, you know, just focused on going out there and, you know, what, what can we do better the next series? And uh, thought they played a full 60-minute game. So good to win at home again and, uh, you know, excited to have an opportunity to go on the road and try to do the same. Everything that Coach said to me in our 9-10 minute interview this past week was really summed up that way perfectly. He's very good at telling you what they're going to try to do and they're not going to give away too much. And he knew this was going to be a tough game. He knew that Houston and Lovey Smith, their culture, their DNA on defense, it was not going to be easy. It was going to be really difficult, and it was. And fortunately, they outscored him 21 to nothing. Look, if Davis Mills won that game and the Raiders lost under any circumstance, the season was over. Season was over in regards to a playoff perspective. Not with the game plan and the install and what Dave Ziegler and coach are trying to do, but in regard, if you can't beat Houston at home, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And again, if they beat Arizona, I know I'm, I'm beating this into the ground. They're 3-3. Three and three. And everybody's talking today about the Raiders as a playoff contender in a year where everything's still upside down. The Raiders have to earn it. They've earned this record of 2-4. and four. Now the Raiders got to get back, and they got to get to 3-4. and four. And then we see the news today that Matt Ryan was benched in Indy for the year. He's benched unless he comes back for an injury. So that's a big story here. Jacksonville's struggling. New Orleans is struggling. Seattle beat the Chargers. No, so Seattle's better than I thought, but I think the Raiders should be able to beat Seattle. The Chargers are a bleeping mess. How in God's name do the Chargers have four wins? Kansas City beat the Niners, so Kansas City's off to the races. Goodbye with them. They got jet fuel. They just filled up. They're going to the division. So they need a, a just a tragedy on the field for them not to win the division, but the Raiders, Raiders have life. They have real life. And Josh McDaniels here talks about their identity, how they're trying to be a physical football team, and we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. Look, we're you know we want to be a tough physical team. Um, you know, there's no shortcut to that. You know, you have to do the 
the hard things. You know, you got to practice in pads. You got to, uh, you know, got to do the drill work that require that's required of you to to improve in those areas. You got to double team each other. You got to, you know, you got to work hard at it. You know, you can't just say we're going to be a tough team and then all of a sudden it happens. Um, that's all about work, and you earn that. You know, you earn the right to be a tough team with what you do during a week and. I think our guys have not flinched uh, at all, you know, from the time we started training camp and really started talking about that identity and, you know, see if we can develop that on our team. I think we do have a lot of tough guys and, uh, you know, we take a lot of tough guys that work hard and want that to be their own identity, then they have a chance, you know, to create it. So um, I thought our offensive line, our tight ends, I thought Foster coming back really was, you know, he obviously made a few plays in the, in the passing game, but, you know, blocking on the edge. Uh, Yak pulling around, doing some dirty work there, um, and the receivers, of course. You know, we talked about how important it was going to be for our whole team, our whole unit, to block for our backs, and uh, and I thought they came with the right mindset today. I mean, they are blowing up the line of scrimmage for Josh. They are blowing up the line of scrimmage, so there's no more excuse now around the NFL that the Raiders don't have an offensive line. Are we all on the same page? It's not elite. It's not an elite offensive line by any means. I always tell you, Gene Upshaw. Archell aren't walking through that door. You know, you're not going to see a all-pro offensive line here. It doesn't go back to what Lincoln Kennedy had with Barrett Robbins and Mo Collins and their elite offensive line that went to the Super Bowl. They do not have that yet, but they are playing nasty and physical on the offensive line. They are really playing and doing their job. And you know, if a couple of people came up to me, a few at the Black Hole Tailgate, a few at the Torch, who heard my interview with Dave Ziegler, and they were impressed with Dave. And what he told us there. And what this comes down to, the big takeaway from Dave Ziegler was we're looking for guys from Monday to Saturday. So if there's not a buy-in by everybody on this team, all these players, they're going to be exposed. Because most of the team is bought in. And they're really preparing and they're ready. Even when the team is losing games early in the season, you could see that. And I, I just hope, and again, I don't care because if you don't get it, I'm moving on. I just hope you give credit to Josh McDaniels when the play works and the scheme works and the offensive line works and they're able to do a few things. I had people yesterday tell me, what's with the trick plays? I'm like, give me a break. You're blanking and moaning when there aren't trick plays. You get one, they work, and you're still not happy with it. If you're not going to be happy with the victories and you're going to be that critical, I'm shocked by that. Give credit where credit's due, and this is a part of what the plan was to get this team to win. Did they beat a great team? No. Did they finish them off? Yes. Can they build momentum going forward? I don't know. I don't know why these games are so close. I, don't, I do not know why they have to wait to halftime to make adjustments. I don't know when they do make adjustments, how team comes back, but I know we have something to build on here. That was a fun game in the fourth quarter to be there. It was nice to sit in the Modelo Cantina Club and watch Texan fans leave at the two-minute warning. And walk away. Gave them the JT wave. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Thanks for paying for the stadium. Thanks for being here. And the Raiders end up winning the game. Allen in Vegas. Start us off, Allen. What's happening today on 920? Hey, JT. Well, the fourth quarter was fun, but the first three quarters, at least for me, they weren't. And I was already calling for the head coach's job at the end of the third quarter because how are we playing to a real 1-4, and 1-5 and five team? We are the Raiders. Look at our squad, JT. But... I'm glad that the team was able to wake up in the fourth quarter and make some plays. And today, I will give credit to Josh McDaniel. Um, he stopped calling the screens in the fourth quarter. He just started pounding the ball. Josh Jacobs, what a game mm-hmm. he had yesterday. And I hope from here on out that we just keep pounding the ball and just complement the running game 
with those short passes, intermediate passes to Devontae and Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. et cetera. And we'll just go from there. You know, the run game, that's our better butter. Let's just keep going. Yeah, it's nice. I appreciate it. It's not that easy, though, just, you know, just to keep going. Thanks for the call. You want to establish the run game? If they load up the box, you got to go to the passing game. I think the team has exceptional talent in the passing game if they can get everybody out there healthy. There was no Darren Waller. I would hope that Darren Waller would be able to come back this week. If that does, he provides a double team. Or maybe when Waller comes back, no one's going to double team him. How about that? Maybe when Waller comes back, the rest of the league's going to be like, we haven't seen you for a while. We're going to double team Devontae, and now we've got to be in the box shutting down Josh Jacobs. Anybody thinking of that today? That, that could really be the issue, that the Raiders look like they're a run-heavy team now, and Waller's going to come in there with Moreau, and Waller's going to run routes, and they're going to be stacking the box, and Waller could get open if he plays. I think that Hunter is working himself into this season in regards to being gone for two weeks, being concussed, and Matt Collins is really a go-to player. Colt Miller played like a beast. I thought the offensive line showed up and played well. There are a lot of injuries around the league. I think the Raiders are in a pretty good spot here. And that's what we're doing the rest of the day today. i got about an hour and a half, and all I want to do is celebrate the victory because my calendar's 365, take out weekends, a few vacations. I ain't doing negative crap radio every day. It's not good for you. It's not good for me. When they win, I will celebrate with a Modelo like I did with Steve Gomez yesterday, our Modelo boss who introduced me to his mom and bought me a Modelo after the postgame show in the Modelo Lounge. How cool is that? So the Texans have it here with 25 seconds. They do have two timeouts. Mills is throwing on first down. Back to pass. Pocket collapses. Down he goes. Chandler Jones and Cleland Furl. Both meet at the quarterback for their first sacks of the season. That was nice. Needed that play there. Raiders win. They beat the Texans. JT back with you. Whenever we have a former Raider on, it's brought to you by M Resort Spa and Casino. That's where we'll be for the road games the next two weeks as the Raiders are in New Orleans. And then they head on out to Jacksonville. Former Raider receiver Daryl Hobbs, kind enough to join us from the L.A. and Oakland Raiders from 92 through 96. Daryl, great to talk to you, especially coming off a win. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, JT. How's everybody doing in the nation? Uh, we're doing good today. As you know, the Raiders needed a win. They had, got off to that 1-4 and four start. They exploded in the fourth quarter with 21 unanswered to win that game. What did you think of that? It seemed like Josh McDaniels' car, the defense, everything came together in that fourth quarter win. Man, whenever you can run the ball real well, everything else opens up for you. So, you know, I was glad to see it happening. We're way overdue. We needed that real bad. No doubt about it. Hey, let me begin because the people that I've talked to about your career – coming out of Pacific undrafted and then to play as much as you did back in that era not a lot of undrafted guys made rosters and you were able to do that what was your key how did you become a Raider what was the path like with all your hard work to make the first roster for you well man you know at that point in time you know I was just coming out of Pacific you know we ran the run and shoot and put up a lot of numbers Uh, I was able to get the attention of the Raiders and you know lucky for me I was able to come down to El Segundo uh, with uh, Gary Calhoun, who's uh, I think his brother or someone played linebacker with the Raiders at the time. And, 
you know, Mr. Karras, George Karras invited me to tag along, and hey, man, I went down there and I performed real well, and I was able to be on that first, uh, you know, during that time, that was the first year we had that practice squad. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling Freddie, you know, Freddie was my coach back then, Freddie B., you know, I, I, I do, you know, I, would, I do anything, hold kicks, punt return, kick return, run down to the gunner, you know, just to get the attention uh, of the coaches when they have those late night meetings, you know, during camp. And so, you know, I was blessed enough to be able to do that, man, and, and uh, I never f will forget it. And uh, I hung around for, for a couple of years and, and, and made some plays and, and, and uh, you know, mm -hmm. it was a blessing being able to grow up in L.A. and be uh, playing the Coliseum and uh, play for the team that I was, uh, grew up rooting for. That's incredible. You know, I try to talk to Fred Bolitnikoff every day. He's a mentor to me and kind of like a second dad. And when I talk to him about you and all the other guys who fought their way, you know, when you're dealing with a Hall of Famer who's a coach, how demanding yeah. was that? Because there are a lot of other good players there, but you're looking at a coach that if he tells you to do something, you probably should do it with his hands, his route running. And you became a great route runner, as people tell me. Yeah, you know, that was the deal with me. You know, me, Tim Brown, Rocket Ismail, uh, James Jett, uh, Mervyn Fernandez, you know, the stable, Willie Gold. It was a stable of us there. But, you know, my, my deal was being able to, uh, you know, I wasn't the fastest guy, but I was able to catch everything that was thrown my way. And, uh, you know, when I first got there, Freddie used to always tell us, you know, uh, those quarterbacks, that, you know, they'll try to tell you to be here, be there. You know where you need to be, but what, when you're there, make sure you, you finish it up, catch the ball, and do what you're supposed to do. So that was my big deal, you know. Uh, in Pacific, we threw the ball all the time, and I had to catch a lot of balls. So uh, that, that, that was my deal. I was able to catch balls and, inter and interchange. Me and Tim Brown could interchange out and do certain things. So uh, I was, I was, my, my job was to move the sticks. You know, third down, I needed to get the first down because I was always going to have – that matchup with either the third or the fourth best cornerback on the field when I was out there. So my job was to beat that person and, and, and get first downs. Daryl Hobbs is our guest. What, what were some more memories with Tim Brown, too, as he was coming in the league and when he put together his uh, his great early part of his career and built up a Hall of Fame career? What were some memories from playing with Timmy? Man, man, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy was the best, man. Tim Brown, man. He uh, showed me some things, uh, taught me some things, and, and I put it in my repertoire, but – uh, you know, Tim Brown, man, uh, I, j I just tried to soak up as much as I could, watching him in practice and seeing how he was off the f on and off the field, and, and that's, what, uh, that's what I tried to do, man. I tried to mimic Timmy. Timmy was that, – that's my guy. Uh, everybody tried to be live up to Timmy's expectations. We didn't want to uh, <laughs> let Timmy down. Fred, and, and, and Fred Belitnikoff and Howie, you know, all those guys I was fortunate enough to play with, you know, those Hall of Fame guys and – uh, I, I didn't want to let anybody down, man. It's a little different time now. These these guys that play now, we, we had a little bit different then. Uh, I didn't want to let anybody down. I didn't want to be in that meeting the next day uh, trying to explain to Freddie or whoever, you know, why I didn't do my job. And so, uh, you know, that that was my deal, man. We had a lot of people in that, uh, in that, in that Raider locker room back when I was coming through that were Hall of Famers. And uh, you just wanted to do your job and, yeah. and, and live up to the expectations. Former Raider receiver Daryl Hobbs joins us. Daryl, New Orleans really wanted you at the time. From those I talked to, they really wanted you there. And what was it like when you left the Raiders? How did that deal come together? And I'm sure it had to be crushing for you because you fit a good role with the Raiders. And New Orleans wanted you there, too. And how did that kind of uh, go that way for you after that, leaving the Silver and Black? Man, I, I didn't want to leave the Silver and Black. Like I said, man, I was raised in L.A. I got to go back up uh, to Northern California where my mom was, close to UOP in Stockton, and had family up there. But, you know, it's a business. And so when, when Coach Ditka uh, and the Saints called me and talked to my agent, uh, Frank Bauer, up there in Stockton, mm -hmm. 
uh, Devontae Adams has. We have the same agent, by the way. But, yeah, I just went uh, I went down there, and it was night and day. You know, it was totally different from what I was used to with, with Al and, and the Raiders. And uh, I was able to, to, to play there for a short, short bit of time because it just – just didn't work out for me because, you know, I was told certain things when I got there. And, and when I got there, you know, it was me, it was Randall Hill, it was Andre Hastings, you know, and, uh, you know, they had got rid of Torn Smalls and Jimmy Everett. And, you know, Mike was coming in trying to, he was doing his own little deal, one of his own players. But uh, I was able to play there for a short, short little, a little bit of time and it just didn't work out for me. Uh, but it was something that was totally different from me coming from L.A., going to the Saints. Uh, just a different, just a different culture and environment, totally. Uh, what's going on in your life now? When are we going to see you again? What's been happening? Tell me about your family and what you're doing. Oh man, I've been I've been coaching here in Houston. I uh, won two state championships as an athletic director and a head football coach at the high school here. Uh, but I have a I have a big uh, I have something real really big that's going on right now, man. Uh, the American Springs Football League awarded me the Houston franchise as professional football here. Everybody's looking at the XFL and stuff like that, but it's another league, the ASFL, and I have the first the the, the first wow. franchise here in Houston. And so uh, we're going to be playing spring football uh, this uh, February into February 2023. And uh, uh, I want to reach out to Mr. Davis, Mr. Mark Davis. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to him at the alumni deal like I wanted to, but I didn't know at that time that I was going to be awarded the franchise. But uh, I have the franchise. Uh, it's professional football, and uh, we're going to be playing Raider ball. That's all I can tell you wow. right now. Congratulations, <laughs> Coach. Hey, hey, you're Thanks. really involved with this now. I mean, this is no joke. Yeah, this I'm is the owner. This is, yeah. you're the, yeah, owner. the owner. You got, <laughs> you got this thing yeah. rolling, huh? Yeah, well, the deal is here in Houston, a lot of people don't realize, well, you know, Raider Nation is huge. But we have, like, here in Houston, the city of Houston, we have, like, 10, 15, 20 uh, Raider Booster Clubs right now. And I, mm-hmm. I ran the idea by them, and, you know, they want to keep the party going. After the fall season, their big deal is we have no more Raider football. We have nothing else to do for a long time. So if you could get this franchise, Daryl, go ahead, man. We got your back. So uh, I have the franchise. We ha- I have some people that's ready to go. Uh, and you guys will be hearing about it. You're going to be hearing right. about it. Awesome, Dale. Good to catch up with you. Really made our day here. Great story. Great Raider. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And best of luck with your new venture, man. I'm sure it's going to work out great. Thank you, JT. I appreciate you guys, man. Go you got it. Daryl Hobbs, what a nice guy. What a nice guy. When I reach out and I have gentlemen on like this, I got a text thread with a few people that were around back in the day and just talk about what a great guy he was. When he got traded, uh, you know, it was a big move at that time because uh, the Raiders, I believe, he was part of the trade to the Saints to move up from 10 to 2 in the first round. So the Raiders got Daryl Russell, and they wanted him. They wanted Daryl Hobbs in that move there. So good player, once a Raider, always a Raider. Really appreciate the alumni department. I go into all these interviews trying to get something out of these guys, and hopefully it's entertaining or it's the history of the Raiders. And that was one I really appreciate there. Thank you very much. All right, let's get back to the phone, 702 365 9,200. Here's Sean in Vegas. Vegas showing up today. How are you, Sean? I'm good, JT. Thanks for taking my call. I'll make it uh, short and sweet. Um, one thing that really impressed me was, uh, you know, the pick six, obviously. But mm. before that, the only thing I was skeptical about was the, the pass, uh, pass defense there, the DBs, the secondary. Mm-hmm. And uh, to kind of touch on the, uh, the last caller, what he said is, you know, McDaniels, I've never called for his job. I always like to give a head coach one to two years, but the thing that surprises me about this Raiders team this year is, I will be honest with you, JT, I was humbled a little bit. I had very high expectations, but 
I'm seeing it all come together, whether it's, you know, the running game one week, the passing game the next week, um, this banged up offensive line kind of coming together. It's coming together. They just got to play four quarters. And, uh, you know, this win, we just got to build on it and kind of take it from there. Yeah, I would agree with you. Thanks a lot. It is a work in progress. Again, I think every Raider fan who could hear my voice wouldn't be saying a word about the coach if the team didn't lose the 20 nothing lead to Arizona. They, and that was a defensive collapse in that game. But it's everybody under the same roof. So if the Raiders were able to beat Arizona after being up 20 to nothing, that was the biggest regular season loss in franchise history. In the franchise history, the coach takes ownership of that. But if this team was 3-3, three and three, I think the whole Raider Nation would be really happy about the direction of the team. But a lot of Raider fans are spending a lot of money on these tickets, and they want wins. And 1-4 and four going into the game was rough. Uh, to get another win is important. That's a game they should have won. They won by 18 that's a classic example of a game still, a, a game being much closer than the score, correct? I was at that game, and I sat there, and I looked at it like you did, and that was much closer than an 18-point game. It's good that the Raiders pulled away, but that was as, about as, as tight as it could get there in the fourth quarter. Chad's out in Houston where the Astros beat my Yankees and the Raiders beat the Texans. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm a big Yankee fan myself, so it was really, really bittersweet this week. But I knew we, you know, when the Raiders pulled it through, it at least made this weekend worth something for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to tell you, I got to give some credit to McDaniels for what he's been doing. I know you said you want to hear some positive stuff, so let's talk positive. The improvement on that offensive line has to come back to the coaching staff in mm-hmm. some way. And their scheming and their ability to move those guys on those stretch plays they ran yesterday in the second half versus how they ran them in the first half, it looked like uh, Jacobs is running inside of the, the hips of those blocks versus getting off the butt of his, tack- of his blockers. And all of a sudden they come out second half, they've got the tackles coming out, they've got the tight ends coming out, and he's getting to the edge, and he's getting outside on the butts of those blockers. I think they did a great job scheming against that and, and really developing that and the screen game. We saw it all the whole time in preseason, and I feel like we haven't seen it enough in the regular season. Like they were really mm-hmm. building for that screen game, and they never gave it to us. Yeah, they and the blocking, and hold on, today. the block, the blocking, the excessive blocking by the offensive line, even yes. when Josh got ahead of the offensive line, there were two plays where I noticed offensive linemen was still blocking. They couldn't see Josh. They didn't have their back or head turned, and they were blocking like three or four yeah. more yards down the field when Josh was – 15 yards away from them. I love the energy of that young offensive line. That was, a, that was their best game of the year, or at least their best fourth quarter of the year where it really mattered. Agreed, 100%. I think, you know, it, again, you've said it. We've all said it. They're not the greatest, but they're coming together like a team, and we've got to give credit to the coaching staff yeah. for pulling that together somehow, some way. All right? The energy is beautiful. But thanks Thank for you. the call, man. Yeah, it shouldn't be hard to give credit to where credit's due. I mean, I go crazy. I blow my stack every day on both my shows, and whenever I'm on, I blow my stack. I'm pissed off, this or that, but I always, always give credit. I had to tip my cap last night to the Astros. It was painful. I don't know what today would have looked like if they lost to the Texans. I don't know what this show would have sounded like, and I don't, now I don't have to know, which is good because they had to win that game. And these next two games, the travel is not going to be intense. Getting from Vegas to New Orleans is not a lot of travel. Raiders will be fine. Hey, I want to welcome the DeCastaverde Law Group. Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde have a stellar reputation in this town, going back to their dad. And when you think of a Nevada law firm based in Vegas and in Nevada and in Oakland, these gentlemen know what they're doing. If you get into a car accident, if you have an injury, 
in your car, you have a slip and fall, these are the ones that will help you. 702-222-9999. Well, a, a lot of what we did today, well, we did, um, you know, really towards the end of the second quarter and on, um, we stopped beating ourselves, you know, and we just executed. And um, it sounds so cliche, but when you just do your job the right way, you know, not your way, but just do it the right way, um, and all 11 do that. On offense, it's you need all 11. You know, if one guy doesn't do it, the play's over, you know. Um, you know, defensively, if a corner, you know, blows a coverage, but the defensive end gets a sack, you know, it's nice, you know, uh, but offense, you need all 11. And, uh, you know, if we can keep doing that, then hopefully we can play good football going forward. But it's not going to be easy. You know, we got a lot of tough teams coming up, uh, especially um, this next week. Yep, it's New Orleans on deck. JT back with you. I'll be at Doghouse Saloon tonight for Monday Night Football, my home for Monday Night Football. This is Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World. So if you look for something new, free parking, Resorts World, come on down. You'll love Doghouse Saloon. The sports book's right there on the same footprint, right next to it there, so you can place bets, watch the games. We'll have prizes and giveaways tonight, Doghouse Saloon. Mark Anderson joins us. And, Mark, I know you're excited to announce you got a new venture going on. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm uh, going to be the uh, new AP writer in, here in Las Vegas covering uh, – all the big events, including the Raiders and Golden Knights, uh, it's a newly created position. So it's, uh, yeah, it's. I've been at the RJ almost 24 years, and so this is quite a transition for me. But at least I, it's the city I, I get to stay in and love, and and uh, I'm really excited about this new, this new challenge. Yeah, the Associated Press. Wow, congratulations! And I know you want to thank the Review Journal. That's how I got to know you. I've been reading all your content for all the years that you've been able to do that. So that's great that everything's kind of on the same page here and your former employer or the one that's about to be former employer, you still have such a great relationship with. That's what life's about, right? Yeah, you know, I the RJ's treated me great, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, newspapers struggling throughout the country. Uh, they, we've even gone through our share of layoffs. Mm. I was never laid off. I covered UNLV for about 20 years. i done some amazing things covered some national championship games and you know they've they've been great to me and yes. and uh i'm glad i'm leaving on a on a uh you know really good feeling between the two of us the rj's been very supportive about this they've um my upper editors have known for about a, about a week now um so it, they've been they've all been very supportive and they're actually very happy for me good good for you you deserve it mark anderson's our guest let's go let's start with unlv uh, to me, it's a tale of two schedules. Obviously, the the part of the schedule that they had to navigate, the early part, the easier part, they're able to do that and stack some wins. Now they're running into the buzzsaw part of this schedule. What have you seen? Plus, Marcus Arroyo's de- dealing with injuries throughout this yeah. tough schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, not having uh, Brumfield, I think it's just killed him. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's just not the same offense without him. Uh, I actually thought their defense played pretty decently against Notre Dame. You know. You give up two block punts. Uh, that's not on the defense. So it's. I thought. I thought the defense actually gave the offense a chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just didn't have without Brumfield and without uh, Aiden Robbins running back. They just didn't have the offensive power power to make it happen. Um, but if those guys have been healthy, I think Notre Dame still wins the game. But I think it's it's, it's more competitive. And so now if they can get Brumfield back, which it sounds like he's close to coming back, and get Robbins back and. This, the way this last half of the uh, last part of the schedule sets up, they should 
have every opportunity to make a bowl. Doesn't mean they will, but but they really should have every opportunity to make a bowl. Yeah, I think it would be very disappointing if they didn't. So let's move on from UNLV and get to the Raiders. What are you thinking now with the way they're running with Josh Jacobs? I think they can do that as much as I want, but I expect the team to slow him down at some point. New Orleans has a big front. Those guys are pretty good on all aspects of defense there, and I think Derek Carr's offense with Devontae and hopefully getting Waller back with Renfro and Hollins, it's got to start catching up to what Josh Jacobs is doing. The team has been leaning heavy on Jacobs, who's carried the load. When will this passing game get going and be explosive? Yeah, I, you're right. I think I think not having ballers has really been huge, uh, huge loss for them. And it's you know, obviously Devontae Adams is still getting his catches, still making a lot of plays, but you, you're not really seeing. You know, you, I, well, you did see in Kansas City the explosiveness that he brings, but but you're not really seeing that as consistently consistently as you'd like to see it. So mm-hmm. uh, if you can get Waller back healthy, that'd be huge. And then Josh Jacobs. I mean, you know. I don't not, I'm not sure they win that game yesterday without him. Oh, no chance. Uh, well, yeah. no, I think there would have been a chance, but Josh Jacobs could be, you know, he's going to be the ground player of the week and he competed with Joe Burrow and Mahomes in that game it, to maybe be the offensive player of the week in the conference there. I just think it's great, Mark, because there's no excuses anymore that this offensive line isn't good enough. That wasn't right. an excuse from the players, but it was an excuse from the fans and a lot of people saying the Raiders couldn't get out of their own way because of this mix-and-match offensive line. Now they're playing well. They're not in the news for good reasons. No, you're right. You're right. And I was, you know, as you know, I think last time I was on your show, I was critical of management for not being more aggressive the offensive line, but maybe mm-hmm. they knew what they were doing all along because this offensive line is playing better than it was last season, I think. And you know, and you know, yes, Josh Jacobs is doing a lot of things on his own. But in in yesterday's game, he was getting into the second level before he was getting touched. And so, yeah, he's hitting the hole, but he's not getting there without the offensive line coming through. So that that that's showing that shows you what those guys are doing. Derek Carr had plenty of time to 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 uh, mm-hmm. to, to throw the ball, and and obviously, while that is Jacobs taking pressure off because the defense has to respect the run now. Um, but yeah, I. I the, this offense, I think, if 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 they can build on what they did in the fourth quarter last, yesterday, you know, they should be able to get better as the season goes on. This is the time type of this this part of the schedule is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, if they can get to five hundred, then this you know, this team has new life in it. Yeah, absolutely. And the schedule even opens up after they get to five hundred with a bunch of teams that are good, but they're not playing great. So that's the way I see it. Mark, congratulations on the AP assignment, man. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Sounds good, JT. Thanks so much. Yeah, Mark Anderson moving from the Review Journal to the AP. We'll be talking more Raiders with him. Excited about that. Hour one up. We got Harry Ruiz coming up next. And good day so far on the phones from everybody as we're celebrating this Raider victory. Is there cause to celebrate? Sure. The fourth quarter was great. It was at home at Legion Stadium. It was home. Fans got to tailgate, got to win, got to experience that feeling of victory inside the building. I thought it was tremendous. Now they got to go on the road. They won't be back for a while, and they play Indy after that, and they just changed quarterbacks today. More Raider optimism, or whatever you think, on the flagship of the Silver and Black.